When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Ed Levitch, Mike Molina, KJ. I don't, I don't know what was happening. Why did you just go Ed Levitch? Or did you say Mike Ed Levitch? No, I just said Ed Levitch. That's what I think. He just goes with Ed Levitch. Yeah. Molina, Andy's on, KJ's on. I thought the mic was breaking. I was like, oh, God. I know, he just goes, Ed Levitch. Andy, I messed everything up. Typical. Uh, we'll be right back. Kick things off. KJ's in studio. He's at Royal Comedy Theater this weekend. Right back, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walls of Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well, Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Little girls and little boys, and little boys dream of worlds full of toys this time of the year. Is that somebody trying to do Brooke Benton? When Christmas no, is Brooke Benton. Is it, it's a different version of Brooke Benton's uh, song. It's more jazzy. He, oh, man, he, he's a great singer. Brooke Benton's about as good as it gets. But I think the original one, everybody thought it was Nat King Cole, so he changed it. I was going to say that. It sounded like a little bit of Nat. Oh, yeah, he did. But Brooke, at Rainy Night in Georgia, man, what a great song. KJ, our special guest, we were just talking to KJ about... Two of my heroes, one of my, well, actually, he's been, he's not my hero, he's been my friend for 45 years, played with the New York Jets for six years, Minnesota Vikings for three years, defensive back, Philip Wise from Omaha, as is KJ. Yeah, I'm originally from there. I moved here in 1989. You moved here? Yeah, I, I actually came here in 1989. Uh, I was 
working out a little bit, trying to work out with the Timberwolves back yep. in the day. Yep. Kevin yep. McHale was here, Sam Mitchell. And I had such a great time because Sam Mitchell, I think they played at the Metrodome, and I would go yeah, out. Did, right? I would go out and hang out, and we kind of look alike. So all the ladies yeah. thought I was Sam Mitchell. <laughs> so I didn't mind being Sam. It was a good deal for me. You it was know? a good thing. <laughs> I just didn't have his thing. paycheck, you know. <laughs> nah, that, that was a good crew of people, actually. Yeah. Did you get along okay with Mikhail? Mikhail was cool, man. Because some people love him and other people can't stand him. There's like nobody in the middle. It's hilarious. Oh, Mikhail got the, the, the stories about him and Flip with a truckload of beer. And, oh, yeah. Oh, Mikhail was cool, man. Mikhail, who, I think it was Flip Saunders that told me, as a matter of fact. He said, Tom, he was on the show, and he said, Tom, the weirdest thing happened. I said, what's that? And he goes... I got in a truck with Kevin McHale, and we drove up to Hibbing to his to his cabin. And he said, we got there, and there were already a couple of cars in the driveway. And I go, what's this all about? And he goes, I don't know. It's probably one of my friends just came by or whatever. They opened the door, and it's Bruce Springsteen. Wow. <laughs> like, what? That's cool. Bruce Springsteen just hanging out in Hibbing, waiting for Kevin McHale and Flip's on. I miss Flip. Flip was a great guy. Yeah, Flip was cool. He really was a terrific guy, hell of a talent and all the rest of it. So you, why did you move here from, from Omaha? Um, man, I needed a change, change of environment. Um, Omaha is, just seemed like uh, I couldn't grow there. So I, and I had a grandmother lived here and an auntie. And so, oh, okay. Yeah, they've been here for a long time. Where they live? I mean, they general. lived on the North Minneapolis. That's where I grew up. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. my grandmother used to uh, go to church over on the North Side, Zion Baptist Church. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she was a North yeah. Sider. It's a great neighborhood. Yeah. Well, this is. is basically this is the near North Side though here. Yeah. So this well, basically this is... is home for me. My wife's from here too. She went oh, to North. Yeah, she went to North High. Really? Mm-hmm. I won't even ask you what year because I never graduated from high school, but I went to North High School until. <laughs> oh, you went to North High? You a yeah. polar? <laughs> I'm a polar. Oh, man. Exactly. I tell you, KJ, is a great story. The year I was supposed to graduate from high school, the, the, uh, there's always a homecoming slogan for all, all schools and whatever. And at that point, you know, by then, North High School was mostly black. Okay. So they decided they didn't really want a white polar bear being their symbol. So the slogan for homecoming that year was bears have soul. <laughs> that's a true story. You can oh, look it up. Oh, wow. That's a good bears story. Bears have soul. We're going to put some soul in this bear. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to send a white one to Canada, but we're going to put some soul in this bear. Exactly. <laughs> so did you grow up on the north side of Omaha? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's where Philip grew up, too. Yeah, in Logan Fontenelle Projects. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's amazing. Isn't that a, you run into Pete, you probably run across Philip a million times. Yeah, oh, yeah. He actually played at UNO. Oh, yeah. I, I got a lot of friends played at UNO. I ran across uh, Johnny Rogers one time. I was Johnny Rogers. Who was the Heisman Trophy winner for Nebraska. He absolutely I, was. Roger Craig. I ran across Urban Fire at the airport. Man, that's some talent right there. <laughs> yeah. They, I'm a big, big, big Red fan, you know. Yeah. Not only in the Big Ten, so. It's not Big Eight anymore. What, no. is, what is it? Big Big Twelve now. It's a Big this? Ten, but it's there's big, like thirteen tw- teams. Fourteen or teams. <laughs> fourteen teams. <laughs> they, they change. They add a, a new person to the conference every year. You know. Molina wears a free Minnesota shirt every day. Would you get all those shirts free from JB? No, no. It's back when I was in school. Don't lie. Well, I do have some from JB, though. How many people are in the Big Ten now? How many teams? 14. It is 14. Wow. 14. The Big Ten, 14 teams. <laughs> well, and it's like there's only about 10 teams in the Big 12. Yeah, there's 10 teams in the Big 12, so that makes total sense, doesn't it? Wow. Well, then why don't they call the Big 12 the Big Ten? I know. There used to be the Pac-10. you don't 10. change names. <laughs> even if, yeah, even if yeah. everything changes, nope. you just keep the name the same. So now, when did you get involved in doing uh, doing comedy and doing all that? Uh, comedy, uh, it's always been in my life. My dad was a living room comedian. It's just, and then I think I got interested. I was teaching at Henry High School. And Patrick Henry? Yeah, I oh, was in life. Man. I was in the life skills program teaching and kids. Yeah. You know, it's an inner city high school. They be trying to roast you, and I like, no, yeah, you can't. <laughs> you, you, I said, I grew up getting roasted. You think I'm gonna let you roast me? Yeah. So, uh, and then I had a scholarship from uh, Brave New Workshop, and that's how I oh, got started. Excellent. 
And I did the whole improv thing and a few plays. And then one of my instructors, uh, John Haynes, and uh, there's another guy, I can't remember his name, but they said, man, you should try stand-up. And uh, I did. And then right here downstairs, I was in the Funniest Persons Contest. Yeah. That Acme, one year I finished in, I was a semifinalist, then I finished in the top five one year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then from there, I, I just fell in love with comedy. Man, why not? It's a great way to make a living. It's a great way to get out of the house. <laughs> you have to get out of the house because does your wife make you get out of the house? Oh, I need to, man. Oh, you just need to. Yeah. You have children. Yeah, yeah. We got kids. How many so. kids you got? Well, there's between us, we have like five, 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 five boys, and she had a couple of daughters too. So. Oh, okay. We're a blended family, but yeah, I, it's a great way to get out of the house. I call it the house arrest program. Oh. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, when you have a lot of kids, it's, you need a release. I understand. You it. have kids? Yeah, that's my son right down there. Oh, oh okay. Andy's right down there. And then our daughter. Oh, okay. Uh, my wife and daughter are usually on the show, too, but my wife has got walking pneumonia. Oh, I'm sorry oh, to hear that. Nice touch. Aren't you glad you're here? No, she I hadn't. probably gave it to her. You probably did give it to her. That's probably true. Stay away from Michael. <laughs> and then Alex, uh, our daughter, she she comes in. Uh, she just, she's got an 18-month-old baby, and then she's got her second baby on the way, she and her husband. So she uh, comes in a few days a week. Oh, wow. So generally, this is a, this is a big uh, family show, which I really, really like. I love working I, with my family. I was going to say, it's like the song. It's a family affair. You're talking about one of my favorites of all time there, <laughs> Sylvester Stewart. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, he pulled off one of the greatest radio. I don't think it was a stunt necessarily, but one of the most interesting things in radio history, he was working in San Francisco, and he was going to get fired, and he knew he was going to get fired. Mm-hmm. So he locked the... Uh, studio door and just started ripping everybody at the station <laughs> going after everybody and finally just as they got the door open he said and to the general manager i'm doing your daughter <laughs> way like, to go out with a bang Sylvester, you just went out with a bang man <laughs> the only problem i ever had with sly and family stone is they would always book events and then they'd never show up they were always booked to play like parade stadium here or whatever and then they wouldn't show up what happened to the manager or the or the uh, I don't know or the entourage that's supposed to make them? Was it, was it based on the weather? They're like, yeah, we'll do it no. as long as the weather's not bad. No, I literally, I probably still have five tickets to go see Sly and the Family Stone. I never had to. I was never able to cash in because they didn't show up. They didn't make it to the airport, or they, they didn't were, make it out of the hotel. I, I think mm-hmm. I think Sly <laughs> just did whatever he wanted to oh, whenever okay. he wanted to, and that was about it. He wrote a lot of hit songs, made yeah. a lot of money on, on publishing. Yeah. So, you know, he did well. Hell of a group. It was a great Hot Fun in the Summertime is still one of my favorite. I mean, it's, it is my favorite summertime song. That, That's no a doubt. good song. It is a great song. So what do you do? Why do you look at your phone? I'm trying to post on social media that we're here. Oh, okay. You're trying? Uh, well, you know, it's like you got to. I'm not that young that phones are like. I'm not, I can't find the buttons, Tom. <laughs> I'm old. I'm oh, not like these young go. comics. I own a comedy club. You that do. makes me old instantly. Just being an owner? Yeah. Being an owner makes you being old. Being an owner ages just, you within <laughs> two wait. years. I've been open two years, and that's like ten years of my life. So how much time do you spend on the road since you have a large family? Um, I try to be on the road as much as I can, but lately it's been slowing down. I've been working on a couple of film projects. I got an indie film I'm doing. Really? With a friend of mine named Nathan Wall. He's doing a superhero uh, movie indie film with me and another comedian named uh kevin craft are you doing it here yeah yeah when yeah. you know, so i shoot the 27th this month oh you do okay yeah. so yeah. two days after christmas you have to work yeah i gotta work i gotta get it no, in that'll be all right so and how'd that get all start can you just i don't you don't want to reveal too much about no, it I don't, I, I don't know all the details i, I just read the uh the script my my lines the other day so but i get to be i get to be a villain which is fine well but you're I, a an awfully big man, so yeah, be a good villain. Yeah, <laughs> is that the thing I just saw on IMDb about the clown? Nah, that was the first one. He, oh, that was I the did, first one. I, I tried him. finding that on like YouTube, but they don't got that anywhere. Uh, He's got a clown. Dar- Darnell the clown. I play. I had to put Darnell. on. A, yeah, I had to put on a prosthetic I'm a <laughs> face. I'm a hood clown, and and 
Uh, Steve Gillespie was on it. He mm-hmm. played the opposite. Steve's of great, and uh, yeah, Steve so does a great job. He took the, he took the fall guy when the when the police came. But it's it's uh, I think he's got in a lot of film festivals right now. So I don't know what what's you know. Well, that's kind of exciting. Yeah, it is kind of exciting, man. Acting is another genre, a lot of fun thing I like to do. Right. Uh, most comedians try. You know, we become, you know, yeah. it's real adaptable right. for us to become pretty good actors. And right. I came through improv, so I I started with Yeah, it's true. Brave yeah. Workshop is all improv. Back yeah. Then. yeah. I mean, that's that's how people don't realize how hard improv is. And oh. also they don't understand that not very many people are good at it. Yeah, it is. It is not easy. It, it, it's fun once you get into it and you understand the concept of the short form, the long form. If you look at SNL. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the same thing SNL uses. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I enjoyed actually the musical chairs the most because you just sit in that chair and you had to come up with something real quick. And right. It was real fun. Well, so that's, that's, how did you get the scholarship to Brave New Workshop? I did a, uh, a monologue on my dad uh, teaching me how to drink. Teaching you how to drink? Yeah. How old were you when he taught you how to drink? I mean, I, in Omaha at the time, the legal age was 18. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. back in the early, you know, yeah, it was back 18. In, I'm I'm telling my age right now, but <laughs> I'll tell you my age in a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, he was like, I did this monologue how he said, "Go in there, the kitchen, and make me a scotch and soda, and a, and with a, a twist of sweet and sour or something." You know how it is, yeah, old school. Yeah. They like, yeah. and I went in there and I made the drink, and he's like, and I brought it back. He said, "It's too much." It's too much sweet and sour, and I need a little bit more soda. So, and I remember the house rule: we couldn't waste none. So I drank it, and I'm, and you know, and I made another one, right? Oh, you drank the whole drink? I drank the drink in the kitchen, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I made Oops. another one, and I put it, to, you know, the extra sweet and sour. I said, "This got to be perfect." I said, "Here you go, Dad." It's nah, now you put too much sweet and sour, and it was all you was almost there. <laughs> Go in there and try it one more time. So I drank that one. So you drank the second one. So I got to the third one, and I tasted, and it was good. And I came back out with an empty glass. He said, "What? What? What? What the drink?" I said, "Dad, I, you gonna have to make your own drink, man, because uh, the one that you wanted." I drank it. He said, you did what? I said, yeah, man. I, <laughs> you said don't waste nothing, and I wasn't for sure if you was going to like it, but it was good. <laughs> nah. So so that's how I, I did the monologue about about that. How yeah. old were you when when this happened? I was about 18 years old. You know what's hilarious about that? Well, first of all, i got to tell you, this, you're talking about showing age and all that stuff. The drinking age in Minnesota was lowered to 18. It was 21. It was lowered to 18. On my 21st birthday. Wow. So sure. the day I turned 21, everybody 18, 19, and 20 could drink. How, when, many, how many years did that last, though? Yeah, when did it not go long. back up? It did not they, last They're long. like, what? It it's been a 21 for as long as, well, obviously, as long as I can remember. And then plus an extra, it has to be at least 10 years. You guys watch the young the uh, that show Young Sheldon? Have you ever seen it? I no, I bet my dad does though. I haven't seen. It. I watch Young Sheldon. Oh, there's I a, bet. There was a great line on there yesterday because this kid, Young Sheldon, what did what'd you say, Andy? He's about nine years old, something like that. Yeah, about he, he's about nine. So it's not the Sheldon character's not in it at all, or that yeah, he does a voiceover. It, uh. it was actually raised my birth year, 1986. It, oh, it was raised back in '86. Yeah. <laughs> So that's why I remember it my entire life, because it was literally... <laughs> it's been 21. Yeah. I'll tell you, we'll come back and we'll tell some more stories. KJ's in the studio. He is at Royal Comedy Saturday Theater. Saturday night. Tomorrow night. Just Saturday night, night 8 o'clock. Show. One oh, show. Half the tickets are gone. Why wouldn't they be? Let's be all be gone for KJ. And they will be, I guarantee it. We'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. As a locally owned community bank, we pride ourselves on individually crafted financial solutions and quick response times. H&B Elevators, a Minneapolis manufacturer known worldwide for custom elevator designs, had an option to buy their headquarters. We stepped in to get the deal done with SBA and Urban Initiative financing. See an opportunity too good to pass up? Stop in. We'll make it happen. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. LASIK changed my life. Dr. David Whiting changed my life. He can get rid of those contacts, get rid of those glasses, and truly change your life. 
He's performed over 100,000 LASIK procedures, so there's no one else around who can compare. Let me tell you, if you're thinking about having your eyes corrected, check out Dr. Whiting and the folks over at Whiting Clinic. They've got the most advanced lasers, they've got the most experience, and they've got the best price guaranteed. All the reasons you'd choose Whiting Clinic for your LASIK vision correction. Make this year the year that you get LASIK from Dr. David Whiting. Schedule your free LASIK exam at whitingclinic.com, and please tell them I sent you. That's whitingclinic.com to take the first step in having clear lens-free vision at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. That is phenomenal. That's Sly and the Family Stone right there. Yeah. Sly and the Family Stone. They were phenomenal. He, I mean, the orchestration, all the all the vocals. He did a great job with that group. Where were they out of? San Francisco. Ah. Uh, yep. That's why they never made it to a show. Well, you might, <laughs> you might be right about that. That's a possibility. But they, yeah, they they just they would book dates and they would just never show up. And I don't really understand that. But you know. You know what I'm saying. So, KJ, you came here 1989 when you're only a year old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goes, ah, ah, ah. yeah ni- 1989, I had NBA aspirations, and uh, I met a lot of Gophers players. One of my best friends played point guard for the Gophers named Melvin Newbert. And I know well, you sure, remember Melvin that Newbert, team absolutely. with Clem Haskin, yeah, no doubt about Richard Coffey, I think Walter Bond was on there, and who else? Jim Chickenjeski. Chickenjeski was on that team. And and Connell Lewis. I I remember working out with them guys. Yeah, at, yeah, back in the day. And, yeah, God, Clem. Clem. Yeah. Went to the Final Four and then got clipped. Got clipped. That was unfortunate. Yeah. How Clem. about how about Patino's dad now? Patino's dad suing uh, University of Louisville for what thirty eight million dollars. He won't get it. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> He won't get well, it. Well, he won't get it. So, good luck to you, <laughs> he pal. Won't get it. Matter of fact, he might owe them thirty-eight million dollars. <laughs> yeah, let me get your take on that because here's the situation: where well, they caught him all kinds of nasty stuff, right? It wasn't just one thing; it was a bunch of nasty stuff, right? So, how he has the nerve—it's a nice, clean <laughs> way to put it—to sue them, I don't understand. I don't know. I think he. I think that's a little bit greedy. I think. I think you. Well, I think he's trying to to refurbish his image, and I mean, the NCAA is a billion dollar business. There's a lot of things uh, a lot of people can't talk about, but yeah, athletes been knowing it going on for years. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of friends that played Division One, and I can tell you about the stories about. Man, getting white envelopes, vanilla envelopes. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Under the door with no name on them. <laughs> I tell you the Who thing. Who's going to turn that back in? <laughs> they tell me, and these are, the, these are people that were inside that whole situation, and I'll, I'll never understand why on earth that, while well, Clem had to know nothing about this, it had to be the people that worked for Clem that knew about it, that a number of the players who didn't do their own schoolwork, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of them turned in a paper on the menstrual cycle. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah, How many college basketball players that are young men are going to do a paper on the menstrual cycle? They would have been better off just writing garbage <laughs> yeah. garbage papers with their name on top yeah. and been better off. They would have got a C they or D been. and been fine and stayed playing. And yep, It's college. They don't fail you, do they? Uh, as long as you show up and turn stuff in. Pretty much. Yeah, right? I suppose if you, you show up and turn stuff in, they're not going to get rid of you. There's too much money to be they just made. had to turn in that paper. They could have paid someone to drop the paper off. For That's them right. Just I, not write it. I'll never understand. I, I just, I'll never understand why they did it the way they did. And would you bring up that Beastie Boy story? This can't, oh man, this is cold if this is true. I just read a headline. Brass monkey. Y'all, these what? people. That funky that? monkey. He's like, that's do? Beastie Boys. What do they do? Is his dad. The father of one of the Beastie Boys is the latest to be caught up in a sexual misconduct scandal, and the Beastie Boy says 
His own son says he stands with the accusers. Oh, that doesn't help him. That's not good. That's was his dad good. a producer? I don't know. Why is he even well, public well, eye? He has the most Jewish name I've ever heard in my life. Other than Nedlovich? Beastie Boys are Jewish. Get, get out of here. Yeah, apparently, hard to believe. Apparently one of them. What? Yeah, yeah, they they are. Are. I don't know that. This guy's name, Israel Horovitz. It is. Oh, Israel that's, Horovitz. It's no Jew's name, Israel. His name he's is black. Israel Horovitz. Israel. Oh, he's black. He's black. Yeah. He is no not Jew's black. Jew's name, Israel. Uh, I don't know. I think he could be Jewish. He's a... He's a Horovitz? Um, is, yeah, he's German. That's Horowitz. Horowitz. That sounds pretty German, right? Israel, Polish. though? Polish. Probably Polish. And Something like... Louis C.K. is not even Jewish anymore. Weinstein's not Jewish anymore. The second you get caught, you're out. Oh, that's Ooh. true. Oh, they get kicked out. It's, I not, know that it's not a race or ethnicity. It's a religion. So once you're out, you're out. He is Jewish. Not Jewish anymore. He's Jewish. Is he? And he's, Jewish. he's the son of a lawyer. So. Wait a second. Wait a second. Did Even you go more. to JewNotJew.com? Oh, I went, Jew, not a Jew. Yeah, Wikipedia. Jew, not a Jew. That's I, how you know. But I can. Uh, let's see what his Jew rating is. Yeah, whatever. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> His jury. That I, I was gonna email them. I was gonna email them and have them bump Louis C.K. down a bunch. Now you got it. You know, anytime someone gets caught, bump them down to one Jew rating. Uh, and wow. The Beastie Boys have a Jew score of ten. No, no, that's the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I don't think their dad has nah, his own don't profile. Play. On they here. they can keep the score because he went he went with the accusers. He went with the accusers. Yeah, that's exactly wow. right. They stayed Jewish. They went with the accusers. That's a very Jewish thing to do. Ten mm. is not. <laughs> So he's got a good Jewish Yelp report. <laughs> yeah, you, the Jewish Yelp report. Exactly. I just want everyone to remember at Shabbos dinner how good Michael did on defending the Jews today. Shabbos dinner. A little dinner it's tonight. It's Friday. No, it's Friday. Shabbos. You, you get oh. the Goy to make dinner for you? I hope so. Shabbos Goy? Yeah, uh, Bite Squad. So I don't know who's making yeah, it. Yeah, it's probably Shabbos Goy if it's Bite probably. Squad. Probably. Uh, nine women have lobbed allegations of sexual abuse and violations Ooh. of trust against playwright Israel Horovitz. And the New York Times offers details on cases reaching back to the mid-'80s, with at least two accusers saying they were just 16 Ooh. when Horovitz abused them. The accusations include inappropriate groping, fondling, forced kissing, and even rape at Horovitz's home. Ooh. He was like an honorary grandfather and mentor, one accuser tells the Times, detailing how he touched their breasts last year and made comments on how she developed. He'd known her since she was 11. To treat me the way he did was the ultimate betrayal. So, uh, let me ask you this question. He's a playwright, though? He's a playwright, yeah. But why are all these guys getting nailed? Why are they all uh, members of the tribe? It's the conservative media. Ah, oh, yeah. It's conservative the conservative media. media. Yeah, after yeah, the yeah. Jews and the liberals. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, why else would Franken and um, Garrison Keillor get hit up? It's the conservative media. All media is conservative. Garrison Keillor's not a Jew, though, is he? <laughs> Oh, my bad. My bad. You're right. I wouldn't But he's pretty so. funny, though. Not a so. lot of Jews in Anoka. He is definitely not Jewish, because I've read his books, and <laughs> I did not find him funny. So. They're not funny in the least. <laughs> well, he's, he's right. I'm not Minnesota enough. Like, I tried. Oh, I, it's God. not Minnesota. It's uh, Minneapolis. Because every out, outside of Minneapolis, no one's gonna, no one finds because that's what he's making fun of. Is people, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's making yeah, fun of point. Minnesotans who aren't in Minneapolis. But basically. I love making fun of Minnesotans, but I didn't find his books that funny. Some of his New York, uh, New Yorker articles, though. Yeah, New Yorker yeah, articles, he, Washington Post. Those spells are funnier. Yeah, the Washington Post one he just wrote on Trump. Not anymore. A month ago, hilarious. Not anymore. It's they, not out there. They fired him yesterday. They took down I know, everything he's ever yeah, done. And I took it. And they it's on Royal him. Comedy Facebook page. <laughs> I, co- I copied and pasted the whole article and put it on Royal Comedy Facebook page. Wow. Because yep. I was like, you can't miss this. It's hilarious. It basically uses the form that Trump uses as tweets yeah. and then accuses Trump for all these things. Like, Trump's done. He's no longer to be in politics. And Garrison Keillor wrote that. Oh, he did? Yeah, and then the conservative media went and attacked him a month later. The conservative Ooh. media. Who would that be? Fox News? Cause that's <laughs> no, no, no. All media. All media that attacks these... Jews, conservative media. Oh, they're all conservative media. Yeah. So CNN's now conservative Unless media. it's Tel Aviv Press, I don't trust it. I understand completely. <laughs> the Muttle Times. <laughs> so that's Unless it's a Yiddish rag, I don't trust it. That's for, what you're going with? Yeah, just Yiddish rags, like the onion. I mean, it's very, very difficult because here's what happened to me yesterday, KJ. So the uh, I just read the Newswire. That's what I do for a living, right? So we go to the Newswire, and there's a story about Al Franken, another accuser stepped forward. Garrison Keillor, he's battling out with NPR, 
and uh, Matt Lauer, mm-hmm. right? So I'm just reading the news. And people are going after me going, oh, God, you're, what are you, one of those far-right guys? All you do is attack uh, liberals. <laughs> I was reading the news. I wasn't attacking <laughs> any liberals. I just read the news. But the thing about that is, KJ, and I'm not kidding you, I've interviewed all those guys. All of them? Yep, all wow. of them. Well, I've been on a morning show for 32 years. That's a long time. So, so I've interviewed all of them, and every one of those guys so far that's been accused is about as arrogant a human being as I've ever talked to. They're all extremely <laughs> arrogant. Oh, yeah. Well, it does require oh, a yeah. certain amount of self-importance to think no that you doubt. can get away with that kind of thing. Wow. No doubt. I mean, everybody from Louis C.K. to Al Franken to Garrison Keillor to Matt, Matt Lauer, I played golf with him. He's, oh, my God, is he arrogant. <laughs> so you're saying they all had it coming up. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> now, the, the problem I do have is that this is going to go so far that that some innocent people are going to get steamrolled. Mm-hmm. It, it's just going to happen. Which well, they, really they haven't said what Garrison Keillor did beyond what Garrison Keillor said so and he far. Said I know, which is weird. They, like, they haven't said anything. But the fact to distance themselves, there's got to be something, right? That's what everyone's yes. assuming. There's got to be something big, but let's hear it. Yeah, in and Keeler's don't case, I'm kind it. of wondering if it's actually as big as people are acting like. Oh, it's, yeah. Hey, Andy, they don't cut you from everything you've ever – they Not erased his memory – they erased his memory from M- NPR. <laughs> Except they're, on my Facebook page, you can read his great one. They're changing the name of the show, you know. It's not going to be called, oh, it's it's not gonna be called Prairie Home Companion. Were they going to change it anyway since yeah, he's I pretty think old? They were. Yeah, were they going to change It's not going to be Garrison Keeler's Prairie Home Companion when he's 75 no. and retired. Did you see what Steve Sack did in the Star Tribune, the cartoon? Oh, God, no. I usually don't care for his stuff either, but this is pretty funny. He His cartoon of Garrison is rarely, really accurate. I mean, it's looks exactly like Garrison Keeler. And on a T-shirt, because he always wore that Lake Wobegon T-shirt, on a T-shirt it said, me be gone. Uh, that's acceptable. That's humor. acceptable. Me be, gone. me be gone. That's all I have to say. So uh, KJ, me be you've... gone. You're going to go home and write a poem about it. Me be gone. Me be gone. <laughs> all the women are strong and the men are me handsome. Um... Have you been keeping an eye on this this John Conyers deal in Michigan at all? I have not. I I uh, watch very limited TV. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Because, <laughs> I mean, after a while, it just becomes like a a bad broken record, and you that's just, true. You just like when is it going in? I mean, I mean, what is it about thirty? 30-something guys now. Uh, oh, I think it is, yeah. uh, Kevin Spacey, Steven Seagal, even came out the other day with Russell Simmons. And I'm mm-hmm. like... He got uh, fired yesterday. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow. I mean, it's just just getting to be a, a big, long ordeal. And, and I don't know if uh, Bill Cosby is feeling comfortable at home right now. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. John Conyers, the reason I brought him up, He's 88 years old. He was in the hospital yesterday from the stress. And so the the press went to his house, like they do. Mm-hmm. They go to his house, and John Conyers' wife walks out and says to the press, you ambush white people too? <laughs> <laughs> she turns it into a racial issue. Oh, Let's like get it. away from that sex abuse stuff. <laughs> okay, Let's get man. it over on his racial issues. <laughs> Did you forget your job? That's what she's saying. I thought we had an agreement. <laughs> why are you in my bushes? That's <laughs> and that's basically her attitude. It's like, why are you in my bushes? How, did you, how did you get through the gate? <laughs> yeah, I, Right in their gated community? You'd think. They yeah. top the wall. They do that. The press will hop a wall in a gated community. Nah, I don't. I know it. Why I'm just making this up. I don't know. Oh no, they do that. They try to sell them stories, man. Yeah. They, oh yeah. They got people who professionally, what they call them, paparazzis or whatever they that professionally hunt down. How long would the press stay though if you walked out front with a shotgun? Not long. <laughs> Not it's long. your property, right? Yep. You better get off my property. Nah, you should always have a shotgun at your house. No doubt about it. <laughs> no bullets. I know, no bullets I know in the house, Pryor, but dude. shotgun to be able to walk to, out front. You don't want to come to my house then, Mike. Yeah. I, have six, I imagine. I have six pistols in my house. Don't all advertise, and then the thieves are going to be at your house looking no, for they, them. I would not come to my house if I were you because there's a three fifty seven <laughs> Magnum in my pocket right now. So I probably wouldn't do that. It's all, I just get all like all the guns that my dad had. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to protect the family. Yeah. KJ, you got to protect the family. That's all there is to it. 
No, I, you know, I, I've never shot anyone. I don't want to shoot anybody. I just don't come around here. What's great about where I live now, because I live right across about a block or nah, a little more than a block from Theodore Worth Parkway. Oh, okay. That's so a nice I, area. It is, yeah. It's right by, you know. It's, oh, that's a nice place to be right now. It is. With all the construction where you, they're where, doing where, at Theodore Where do you stay at by Theodore? I used to stay on 21st and Washburn by Theodore Oh, that's a beautiful neighborhood. Yeah. Do you live in one of those big houses? Oh, yeah. The, the, Man, those houses are huge. Those, those houses are nice. That whole thing is, is, is a gorgeous area. It is a beautiful area. That was that was Mike's relatives that built all those. <laughs> not mine. But, oh, uh, now the Jewish My people. I claim the people. Mike I claim the people, out. not the houses. Yeah. <laughs> they might not claim me. I don't know. I want to ask KJ but. about what, how comedy has changed since he took it up right mm. after this Tom Bernard show. Okay. Cool. My pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving. Long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack, your MyPillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep. Buy one MyPillow and get one free online with my code KQRS or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS, or call 800-694-2056. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Yeah, you did a great Christmas song too. One of nice. probably my favorite Christmas. Well, yeah. certainly one of my favorite Christmas. That's why I opened. That's my first a great song. That is a great song that nobody in this yeah. state has ever heard. You know, you can hear McCartney uh, "Wonderful Christmas Time" about a hundred times a day, but voted the worst Christmas song ever written. By the way, <laughs> although mm. uh, Queen, some. Queen Christmas song was on our list today. I said, I'm not playing that. <laughs> I've never heard it. I don't know what it sounds like, but I'm not playing it. Not happening. So maybe it's good. I don't know. Maybe it's good. So you've been in comedy 14 years, KJ. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, I was talking to Sam Morrill this mm-hmm. morning, and he he says, because uh, he's been in about 12 years now, the comedy has changed so much in the last 12 years that you used to be able to say things that people would laugh, mm-hmm. and now people gasp loudly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you find the same thing? Depending on the, the topic or the premise of the joke, uh, yeah. Like you can't, like right now, I would say you cannot do rape jokes or anything. Oh, no. You, you, can't, to, no, you, you can't don't want to do, do that. And... I try to stay away from political and religion topics. You can't. I think that's smart. You know, it divides the room. And then it's a, it's a different thing. I mean, it used to be like you can you could say what you want. You could be fearless. You could do what you want. But now you got to be mindful. It's, it's do, sad. Yeah. I thought stand-up comedy was the last refugee of freedom of speech. But, like, now with this new yep. m- millennial generation where you can go viral and and get booked anywhere in the country and 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 not nothing against them doing it i i, I applaud their effort or whatever they want to do but mm-hmm. uh, what i see is from being on the road it's like they book these viral young comics they come in mm-hmm. with their young audience who don't buy a lot of drinks they buy coke and pop that's a big problem well, they bring their candy they, yeah they bring that's, candy. A, they, that's they, a big they bring, problem they bring their candy they got their vape <laughs> in their pocket <laughs> 
Uh, we pushed no, the drinks on them, though. We got sweet drinks. Yeah, they got sweet drinks. <laughs> yeah. You got sweet you drinks. You got a portion of oh, so that's good. So they got their vape in their pockets. <laughs> and um, they don't have more than 10 or 15 minutes worth of material. They they do oh. a lot. A lot of them, a lot of them do crowd rep. They haven't uh, respected the craft or studied studied the craft enough. And I'm not saying every one of them like that, but what I've seen is the vast majority coming in, and you know they got that that ten or fifteen minutes worth of, uh, and then after that is. What, what do that's, they do? That's a little biased to where you've been lately. You've been out in. LA. I've been out in L.A. He's been out in L.A. In LA. And, it, not, not and all the shows in L.A. You don't get that much time. To yeah, begin you don't with, get that much time. Store. No, I've been out in L.A. But I'm just saying the trend across yeah. the country yeah. is they're booking viral comics, yeah. Yeah. and viral comics are are um, and you know, no disrespect to any comic who get I an understand. opportunity, yeah. but. I think for me, I'm an old school kind of guy. Right. So I studied like all the greats from George Carlin to Richard Pryor to all the the history of comedy. I yeah. studied it, and then not only having come out of improv and having to buy joke writing books to understand the concept, right? To construct a joke, right? What it means to have a premise, a setup, a punchline, or tags, or or observation bit or storytelling bit and com- being able to combine one-liners within three or four different writing styles. So I'm a very mindful kind of artist, but then mm-hmm. I see a lot of uh, material that comes in that's, that's just, you know, I'm sorry to say, <laughs> man, it's hack, man. You know, it's, it's not, not funny. It's not funny. It's not original. But, you know, God bless their heart for trying. I mean, I don't know what else to say, man, but I know the yeah. audience to tell you real quick. Yeah, the audience will tell you real quick, you know. That's for sure. But it has changed. It, it's just, I mean, there's, there. Uh, I was talking with J.R. Bra, who's, who. Yeah, uh, I just thought I saw, saw J.R. yesterday. Yeah, yeah he's in yeah. town this weekend. Yeah, he's one of those in town. other clubs. He's out. <laughs> yeah, in one of those other clubs. <laughs> <laughs> J.R. is a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He's a friend of mine, so I was hanging out with him, and he, he was telling me how, you know, certain times he, he would get booked certain rooms now you got to wait two or three years to get rebooked in rooms that he regularly would get yeah. booked in and uh that's how it's changed because of yeah the viral situation i think that he said the last time he was here andy was five years ago who jr bro Remember wow december it was like five wow. years ago it's like what yeah but yeah he said it's been a while yeah, he just told me that last night. We yeah, were talking about I like that. those kind of comics that haven't been here in five years but have a following here. Hit me yeah. up. Hit well, Royal Comedy up. No, if you haven't been true. here in five, ten years, but you got <laughs> a following, you can bring 50 people into my room without any advertising. I like that. Well, listen to you. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, having stories, uh, Tom, you know, understanding, like, back in the day, uh, I heard a story between Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle. Oh, Dave God. Chappelle... Eddie Murphy had turned 56 years old. He mm-hmm. told Dave Chappelle, he said, you know what, man? This is the same day and the same age that Red Fox got his break. Yeah, that's right. At at mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy being 56 yep. years old. So uh, literally, Red Fox did 30-something years on Chitlin Circuit before he finally got a break. First black comedian ever to appear in a Las Vegas casino. And and first to put it on wax. Yep, that's and, right. But it took him 30-something years to just grind it. I mean, you know, that whole dirty south, whatever they call mm-hmm. it. Back then. What was his first joke, do you know? I don't remember, but I... I, I do. His opener? <laughs> you could tell it? I could tell, well... Uh, <laughs> you gotta beep yourself. You better beep you yourself. <laughs> he walked out on stage in Vegas, the first black comedian to be booked at a what was then considered a white casino because there was one casino in Vegas that was a, an all-black clientele. Oh. But for the first, it burned to the ground. So I don't know how that happened. But I'm not going to say what kind of owners, but continue <laughs> with your story. <laughs> <laughs> Scandinavian lightning. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably, you know what yes. kind of owners. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that all the time. Oh, that grocery store went down in Scandinavian lightning. Scandinavian lightning. Oh, it was yeah. unbelievable. So Red Fox, what's, and, and the, the place is packed. It's packed. Mm-hmm. They want to see what this is all about, right? So Red Fox walks out on stage, does not say a word, Grabs the microphone, kind of adjusts it around, and goes, let me just tell you something. 
Doesn't matter if you're white, you're black, whatever you are, everybody got to wash their ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing he said on stage. Oh, you know, man. speaking of which, you know whose birthday it is today? Who? Richard Pryor. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh my hero. Yep. He would have been 77. I loved Jeez. him. I loved yeah. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, I'm, I'll never forget bringing home that album that I can't say the name of. <laughs> <laughs> I Which one? I, I listen well, to Well, not Bicentennial either. You can't say Bicentennial you either. Can't say <laughs> God, how can I tell you this story? Because you love the story, but I got to frame it because I can't use the word. Um, so I'll just say this. Richard Pryor, uh, his first big album was called That Big N is Crazy. Only it didn't say Big N. It said the whole mm. the word. Right? Nazi. <laughs> that Nazi is crazy. That's exactly it. But anyway, so he releases the album, and a bunch of guys are backstage, I think, at the Comedy Store in L.A. Mm-hmm. They're all back, and they're just raving about the album, because it's one of the funniest albums ever recorded. To this day, it's still one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life, especially his take on The Exorcist was unbelievable. But <laughs> wasn't it the greatest, Molina? Yeah. Bitch, what's wrong with you? <laughs> anyway. What is that funky smell? What in the funky smell? And all that racket upstairs, is the girl crazy? <laughs> it just sounded like the North Side. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so they're all raving about it backstage. They're just, oh, great album. And one of the <clears throat> Scandinavian comedians. <laughs> yeah, so many. Garrison Keeler was there. <laughs> That's right, Garrison Keeler. So this guy walks in, and I don't know who the guy was, but he goes, What are you guys talking about? Oh, we're talking about Richard Pryor's new album. And he goes, Oh, yeah, that crazy big N. He flipped the words around. <laughs> that big N is crazy. He said wow. that crazy big N. <laughs> no, no, that is not the name of the album. <laughs> he just made his own name up for it. He just did. But when I was a kid, well, I was raised by my mother, seven kids in the family. And she would go to work all day. And I, I found this album, Richard Pryor, and I brought it home. And I, I had it on the, back then it was, remember there was a, a TV, a radio, and a phonograph all in the uh, same thing. All cabinet. in the same thing. <laughs> you put, they had that big wood thing that you lift up. <laughs> exactly. They had the thing that, that kept it up. At a, <laughs> That's exactly right. So I put it on and I'm sitting in the living room and I didn't know my mother was home because she usually worked like, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. So I didn't even know she was home. And Richard starts going off. And all of a sudden, I hear my mother's voice. And I got my voice from my mother. She sounded exactly like this. Wow. So she goes, what the hell are you playing down Because he's dropping F-bomb after F-bomb. And she's like, oh, my God. Uh-huh. Did she ever swear? My mother? Not a... I don't think I've ever heard, no. her, I ever heard her swear. Toots never swore much. My mother's name was Theophila, which oh. means the love of God. Oh, nice. Which puts pressure on you to yeah. grow up with a mother named the love of God, believe me. But she, yeah, she was not big. In, she's a big time Roman Catholic. She loved being Catholic, but uh, yeah, she was not big at swearing. She was very, very funny, but she didn't know she was funny. Oh. She just was naturally. Now your father sounds like he was probably naturally funny. Oh yeah, he was. He was funny. He he had a lot of funny stuff he would say. Like one day I'll tell you a funny story. I came home from college, right? I said, "Pops, where are you going?" He said, "I'm finna take your stepmom." To the beauty salon. I said, oh, you finna go take her, get her hair done? He said, nah, I'm taking her, get her hair done, because she ain't got no hair. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, they, they slap some hot oil on it to make her feel good. And, you know, so I, I do that because, you know, it puts her in a better mood. <laughs> so Is it true she didn't have any hair? No, she did, you know, because he said, well, what they do is they go, they oil her hair up, and then they, you know, she gets shaped for a wig, you know. They, mm-hmm. they yeah, wear a yeah, wig. Okay. Yeah, so he yeah. said, "Yeah, they. You know how they had the little white thing where, what they call the little white thing? Uh, you don't know, Michael. The wig holder. The wig holder. Yeah. So they would, they would. She would go get shaped for a new wig. And oh, do you mean that that white plastic head? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Mannequin thing. The mannequin yeah, there you go. There you But yeah, he was a, he was hilarious, man. He had a lot of funny one-liners and. Just crazy stuff he would he would say, you know, and, and uh, like one time I got in trouble uh, 
because I wrecked a car. And he was like, man, you got to be the dumbest kid I have, man. <laughs> he said, I, I just don't understand you, man. How you wrecked two cars in one in one place, two of my cars in one place. And I have borrowed a car like a kid. <laughs> yeah. And I did, I forgot to ask. So You forgot to ask. <laughs> yeah. All so right, when right. I came back, I tried to creep back in the house and forgot to put it all the way in gear. And so oh. the car rolled back, one is parked mm. horizontally, and the car rolled back oh, with the door open. And I ripped the door off one of the cars and then <sighs> dented the other car. And I mean, and I'm giving you the radio version of this story. <laughs> <laughs> you had to clean it up a little bit. I cleaned it up a lot, but he <laughs> he gave me an earful, man. What'd your dad do for a living? He worked for Alfred Air Force Base for oh, okay. 36 plus years. He started off at, as a cook, and then he was a firefighter, and then he was a stationary engineer for. 30 something years. That's amazing. So yeah. was he actually part of the Air Force? No, he was a civilian that worked on the Air Force. Okay. He he hmm. took care of the uh, he was a stationary so he took care of the heating system, the water system there. And, and, so yeah. I mean to go from cook, firefighter, what, you, what was the last title? Uh stationary engineer. Which is does what? Uh, they do, he controls the heating and air conditioning oh, system. That's right. he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, so but yeah, he went through a time where, you know, they would, you know, have shoot him down to a different position and then you go back up yeah, and you okay. know how the military do oh, you know? yeah, that's so, true. but he, he put in 36 years and before then he, he tried to, to uh, police department and he had to leave there because of <clears throat> racial tension back then what year it was like he was just got out of university in Nebraska Omaha so it would be and, like late 60s yeah yeah. Oh yeah. Sixty, yeah. sixty-seven, sixty-eight were not uh, yeah. was not comfortable around here. I'll tell you. <laughs> so the <laughs> stories, the stories he told me about that. You know, he said, "Yeah." So then he went over to the Air Force Base and, and worked worked for a long time. That's terrific. God, that hour went by very, very quickly. KJ, it's great having you in. Oh, it did go by quick, man. Uh, you believe that? I just looked up at the phone. And was like, man, the hour's over. Can I throw a shout out to? You can do whatever you want to. Hey, tomorrow night. I'm at World Comedy Theater with Michael Elovich and Jamie Blan Blanchard, right? Mm -hmm. Come on out. Come on out. Check me out. I'm super hilarious and funny. <laughs> Hopkins. I'm not arrogant either. <laughs> Why are you pointing at me when you say arrogant? Yeah. He's no. pointing at me because I'm not arrogant either. Just... No, no. I was just talking about the other KJ. people you had. No, no, right. yeah, yeah, no you are uh, definitely not arrogant. <laughs> I will say this about your father. Uh, he's probably a great dad because you're quite the gentleman, I'll tell you that, man. Well, I, I try to do a lot of comedy in his honor. He passed away a couple of years of liver cancer. So oh, yeah. one of my trademark fashion things, I wear top hats and, and you know, fedoras and like the, I'm a hat, I have a I have a, a hat fetish. I love brims. So I wear, yeah. I collected about 20 of his brims. Got any Barcelino? Uh, they're, they're like uh, Stetsons and all oh, kind of, you, you name it, Dobbs, New York Dobbs. He had the whole shebang. And then I added to the collection my own taste, too. And so uh, one of the things I do, I love to do, is to honor the old school in him. Man. That's wonderful. Pe people who do that. I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, those of you watching on YouTube know this, but KJ's probably the first comedian to ever sit in that chair wearing a tie. <laughs> so that's it. Thanks for your time. Oh, KJ. thank Great you, man. To thank you, Tom, for having me. Thank you, Michael, too. Man, I appreciate you guys and you guys too. Thanks. We'll be back, Tom Rock Show. Okay.